Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes creating a professional website for your business, personal brand or portfolio so easy it's newsworthy. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer Guardian to get 10% off. The Guardian. Hello, this is Music Weekly. I'm Alexis Petridis. And I'm Kieran Yates. This week, Tim Jones brings us a report from South by Southwest, featuring Beirut bluesman The Wanton Bishops. And we have music from Juice, Clipping and Factory Floor in Singles Club. That's all in Music Weekly from The Guardian. Joining us in the pod is Lanray Bakari. Lanray, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm well. Nice to see you. Feeling strong. Um, what's been... Feeling strong? Excellent. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad because yeah. I was going to ask you to do some press ups. So, uh, so um, what's been happening in the world of music this week? Uh, we were just talking about Metallica's new single. What's Metallica's new oh, single? It's not even a single. Sorry, it's a it's a garage demo which they've released. Okay, called Lords of Summer. Lords of Summer, which might sound like a nice little pop ditty. It does, but it but it isn't. It's an eight minute kind of thrash metal epic. They've gone back to their roots. They have, yeah. Um, I mean, it's very much a demo. It does need to be kind of fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Um, you need some kind of big pomp and uh, um, a bit more production in there, but it's it's interesting. Mm. I'm a, a secret Metallica fan. Are you? Yeah, and it sounds a lot like their earlier stuff rather than kind of St. Anger where it was Yeah, it I think was it's, been, it's been a bit weird for Metallica since, since St. Anger, really. Yeah. Remember that album with Lou Reed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching Some Kind of Monster the other day, and I mean, that's hilarious. How do you get to that stage in a band? That's the sort of thing. It's, yeah. it's like, how do you... I suppose that's, that's what enormous fame and wealth does to you to assert if you're a certain kind of person. Well, if you know, Lars Ulrich is there, I, like, kind of fighting with Napster, and then he's selling some Jean-Michel Basquiat paintings for, like, uh, £15 million and quaffing wine and then complaining about, you know, not being credible anymore. It's like, and uh, I like the bit where the guy, the lead singer James Hetfield, explains quite a serious detail why it was important for him to miss his child's birthday to go bear hunting <laughs> yeah. in, in Russia yeah it's yeah. terrible and then he's just kind of like well, I, w- I would have liked to have gone back and with the family a little bit maybe <laughs> yeah. but yeah so that's oh. that's out there in, uh, in, in other news Courtney Love has solved the uh, mystery of the uh, Malaysian Airlines thank god I know I don't know why no one asked her before I know <laughs> She posted on Facebook. Yes, but I think she'd done her own photoshopping, hadn't she? Well, I don't think that photo <laughs> looked like that. Or no, I think she, yeah. It looks like MS, MS Paint, and she's just gone, uh, here's, here's plain, here's debris, found it, and it's yeah. like, there's nothing there. There's she did no- preface it by saying, I'm not an expert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're Courtney Love. Um, also, if I was Courtney Love, I would steer clear of conspiracy theories generally. <laughs> bearing in mind, there's a big one that suggests you murdered your husband. Yeah. yeah. Which, of course, you didn't know. We know. There's some, really, a, there's some really good conspiracy theories. You used theories, to have a T-shirt though. saying that, didn't you? I did. I used to have a, a Courtney Kilcobain T-shirt. Oh, do you? Yeah, I know. It's very cool, actually, Alexis. Is it? Yeah, it was. Well, I don't know. I think this is kind of just typical of the <laughs> amorality of today's youth. You would go oh, around. Generation Y, very topical. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely yeah. yeah, well, quite. Yeah, Generation Y. I've been looking into uh, youth cults. For the uh, the behest of the Generation Y uh, guest editors, Hall Girls. You oh, Hallers! Oh, oh, we were just, we were just talking about that. Zoella and, and interviewed one of them. I know all about uh, Molly Soda. Oh yes. Aware of the work of Molly? What's that all about? Is Molly Soda between she, she, Miley Cyrus and she's a tumbl- she's a Tumblr star. And MTMA. Okay. Right, and they sent me this link, and I clicked on it, and it was a photo of this young with this with this. Uh, Molly Soda with, and there is no polite way to put it with a muff out. Right. And I was like, great. And my wife was, what, what are you looking at this for? It's a picture of a young woman, and you know, oh, God, the kids come in and it's awful. Um, someone was sick on Lady Gaga. Yes, Millie Brown. Deliberately. 
Yeah, Millie. Yeah, Millie Brown. She, Who's Millie Brown? She well, she's like a an, she's an English vomit painter, and she was brought on stage by Lady Gaga at South by Southwest to uh, vomit soy milk over yeah. her. So she this woman actually vomits for a living. Yeah, yeah. She creates art by so she'll she'll drink coloured milk, right. soy milk, mm-hmm. and then chunder it up onto right. some canvas and then that's a painting wow we all need yeah. to express ourselves Alexis, well no we do we do no no, no. I'm not, i don't want to be mm. one of these you know terrible like john humphreys or something <laughs> <laughs> like, well, not really not art but wow so what hot. a gig it's yeah. so hot in austin so you just smell of hot sick like oh, milky sick yeah milky i hate sick. being sick gene simmons face. pissed me off about the grandmaster flash thing you know was he was saying that hip-hop and pop don't have a place in the the hall of rock and roll rock fame, and, roll fame yeah. and he was saying that grandmaster flash hasn't got any right to be there because all he does is sample and doesn't write his own songs even though he's really notorious for writing his own raps so i thought they were already in there no he is but gene right, simmons okay, is saying like he yeah. shouldn't be in there okay. he's just another example alongside run dmc of people that shouldn't be in there oh, okay Russell Simmons music. was saying this. No, Gene Simmons. Oh, Gene Simmons. <laughs> I, was, I, I, thought you, I was like, Russell Simmons? No. <laughs> what, from Def Jam? No. I was like, man, this is controversial. Gene Simmons. This is news. Uh, let us move on uh, to Singles Club. Uh, first, let's have a Land Rays choice. Holler out your city if you ride for it. Let them know why you died for it. Same reason all these riders get high, so it's all medicinal. Now what you want, buy, homie? Bye, bitch, bye, bitch, mob shit, mob shit, boss talk, boss talk, game rich, game rich, name game, name game, gang signs, gang signs, work on the phone, call it baseline, yup, line dance like a hold down, pimps up, daytime, whole block of ghost town, ghost ride, ghost face, G's get ghost in a moment, pour a little for the ghosts of the dead homies, deadpan voice singing tin pan alley songs, panhandling in front of tourists with their camera phones, get it how you live, or live till you get it. Get it in when the stash low and it's no cash. Get it in and you riding no L's, no tag. Get it in and she looking like you ain't gon' smash. Get it in, but she got her legs up on the dash. Show these haters how to get that work. Make that was work work by clipping Lanray's choice. Lanray, uh, you said this is not a particularly representative example of clipping's work. Yeah, this is this is very accessible accessible compared to the usual output, which is uh, kind of usually kind of layered in noise, and the production usually sounds a bit like someone going at a kind of some sort of furniture with a chainsaw, and then just. <laughs> wrapping over the top of it so they're kind of being they've been pushed pushed in the same direction as or put in the same kind of pigeonhole as death grips okay as kind of noisy hip-hop mm-hmm. they're actually signed to sub pop okay which is a little bit of a weird one it um, is a weird one but i suppose well, they they're signed wolf eyes they have shabazz palaces so yeah. there's shabazz palaces yeah. With mm-hmm. one yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and wolf eyes as well who obviously noise mm-hmm. so maybe they just thought put the two things together yeah Bump, that's what we've got but I they got a lot more, more the sub pop probably more famous for noise than, than hip-hop do you think I yeah mean, yeah, in, yeah, no, in, in, yeah. His, historically speaking no absolutely i mean obviously they kind of Mud honey grunge, mm-hmm. right at the heart of it. But um, yeah, so they they kind of came out in about 2012, mm-hmm. and then they got a lot of hype last year because they released an album on Bandcamp, which did really well. And that was that's free; you can go listen to that, and it's it's very very good. But it where are they from? From LA. Yeah, work work also features. I'll have to read this on my little book. <laughs> Cock pistol Cree. Cock pistol. I don't know if you pronounce it <laughs> Cock pistol. It's C or double C. But she's she's kind of a much more kind of straightforward rapper, kind of in the mold of. I don't know, like Nicki Minaj, someone. Okay, she's probably called Cock Pistol, isn't she? We'll, I think call her, we'll go for that. We'll go for Cock Pistol. Yeah. Kieran, what did you make of this? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it sound, uh, sounded quite well placed on Sub Pop because the Satisfaction and Shabbat Policies are obviously a little bit more alternative sounding. Mm. But yeah, I liked I liked the abrasiveness of it and it, it was really engaging. And it, sounded, it reminded me of that queer rap tag, even though we don't use that anymore, of Zebra Cats and Mickey Blanco. There was a sense of that production style, which I quite liked, and really like crisp, slick 
production and nice wrapping. I liked it. I thought it was really good. Excellent. I like it too. I, I w- I'm intrigued to hear the rest of their stuff of it. Yeah, this they've is got an album out this year. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm super hyped. Excellent. No, 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 no. That's that sounds very good. Alexis um, will be singing about legs up on his dash all day now. I will. You? Well, I'll be having legs up on my dash. There you go. Banging it in the C Max. Is that is that sorry? Do they mean? Oh, I see what they mean about legs. <laughs> up sorry. I I I just can I that say my wife. Often, you know, when it's on a long motorway journey, we'll put a le- like that, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. more comfortable. I, I didn't realise it meant you. in a kind of, in a sexual way. Right, okay. You do your thing in the Brighton. I'm just going to, I will. Good for you. I've often got legs up on It's a liberal city. You can it's very, absolutely, drive around <laughs> having sex with someone while you're driving. Let's move on to Kieran's choice. Juice and Call You Out. That's Kieran's choice. Kieran, tell us about Juice. Tell us about Call You Out. Uh, so they are a London trio. Are they from London? They are Amazing. from London. I wouldn't have put, I wouldn't have put that as me, but that's very good. Yes. Uh, They've done very well. They, they <laughs> have, you know, paying homage to our legacy of great British girl bands. But yeah, no, I, I'm thinking a lot, obviously, that we've sort of, we're in a state of hyper 90s retromania and lots of things either sound like this kind of 90s girl band stuff or garage. And I was thinking, actually, this is a really good reminder of why that is and for a sort of a stoical or as wary as you might be getting about hearing the similar kind of things all the time. This is actually really sunny and it feels a bit refreshing. And the video particularly has all of those sort of markers that we've seen with Iggy Azalea. Iggy Azalea's last video was just a really sort of copy and paste pastiche of the Clueless movie. And they had elements of this, but it seemed like a really sort of British female kind of 90s. You know, there was copies of the face in the video and scrapbooking culture and, you know, being on a council estate on a swing as opposed to that hyper glossy US Clueless type, you know, Hollywood Hills 90s experience, Um, which I guess is why it resonated with me. But aside from that, I thought the vocal harmonies are really beautiful. I thought that it was nice and there was kind of that generation of calling you out girl power which is still still strong with us girl you know still there. still there it's fourth wave it's tired girl power wow uh, <laughs> that 90s stuff for me like yeah. just winds me up a bit it's right. like come on guys 90s was great I love watching like Leon and kind of I don't know <laughs> remembering eating twisters when they were massive or whatever but <laughs> I don't know. I liked it a lot more without seeing the video. Actually, the video wasn't bad. I think it's a, the concept's all right, but it's just that kind of pastiche stuff. Is like, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't care. Like, come on, let's do something original. I, I completely agree. I think there's enough people who are around in the nineties banging on, particularly at the moment. You know, twenty, you know, twentieth anniversary of Britpop or whatever, banging on about the nineties without young people adding to the banging on. It's the mm. mix, yeah. yeah. But I, I did like the record then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a good song. I would definitely, if it was on the radio, I would definitely listen to it. But I don't know if I'd actively go on and listen to it again and again. I think it's going to be a hit. It sounds like a hit single to me. Sounds like a banger. It sounds like a banger. No, I just think it sounds like something you could, you know, really imagine Radio 1 getting behind and you could imagine it being a big hit. So, yeah, Juice, call you out. Um, that's Kieran's choice. Uh, finally, my choice. <laughs>
that's uh, Factory Floor, uh, How You Say by Factory Floor, remixed by Daniel Avery. I brought that in. I like that because I think it works on, uh, on both levels. You can listen to it at home, listen to it in a club. Or in my C Mac, I could put that on my C Max, that'd be fine. That'd be, I, I'm, I'm sort of suddenly, I feel that the, it's funny this week, I felt the siren song of dance music calling me again. I'd, I, 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 I'd spent a couple of years where I hadn't really bought anything. Because I realised I was just buying sort of old disco re edits and stuff like that. And I started out buying, I'd sort of, I was obviously massively into dance music in the 90s and everything, and then sort of trailed off a bit and got back into it around sort of 2006, 2007. I was buying loads of new music and then realised I'd stop buying new music and I was just buying old disco things on tour. And this, I don't know, this week I saw this sudden urge to hear more dance music again. The, the, the siren song of the kick drum is calling me once <laughs> yeah. more. Uh, I think there uh, seems to be a lot more good dance music suddenly being made that isn't kind of sort of slightly tepid, laptop-made deep house records. I just think, I think Daniel Avery is a really interesting producer in that he has got a sort of 90s style, but it's not that idea. I mean, it doesn't sound a million miles removed from something that maybe Underworld would have done, maybe Left Field would have done something similar. But it doesn't, it's not that kind of slavish sort of copying of a 90s. It has that sort of awe about it. Mm-hmm. A good tune. I bet you it's just more tuneful in this version than in the original version, I think, by Factory Floor. Uh, Lanry. Yeah, um, I, the original version of this is my least favourite Factory Floor song. And I really like Factory Floor. I think they're great. I really like their album. I do like the remix. Like Daniel Avery, I think he's good. I think the good thing about Factory Floor is that they're so kind of ripe for remixing. Because that's a very good point. They're just kind of so kind of sparse, mm-hmm. um, and then they'll throw in like some big synths, and there's a lot to work with, and you can take it anywhere. So I really like Optimo, they did uh, remix their real stuff, and that's kind of perfect, spot on. This was good. For me, it was like, come on, Daniel, let's get on with it a little bit. Let's okay, right. I'll cut two minutes of this middle bit first of all, and get into because the end of it is absolutely amazing. Kind of Bass drop. epic. <laughs> yeah. Just drops, that's what I want, coming from everywhere. Um, <laughs> so I did really like it, but I, I was just a bit like, come on, just a, li- just a little bit more. But that's, that's, a, that's nitpicking. That's fine. Did enjoy Kieran? Yeah, I liked it. I liked how um, sort of non-computery it sounded. You know, I liked... Well, it does look warm, doesn't it? Like yeah, yeah, lots of warm yeah. textures. You know, he did that Drone Logic project with Errol Alkin, and they just used analogue equipment for that, and I think that he obviously sort of has that relationship with analogue sounds, which you can really hear on that, which I think is really nice. And as a result, you have those, yeah, warm textures that make you feel like if you were going to take a pill, the colours would be pastels. There's <laughs> 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 well, your poster quote, amazing. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's part of a remix package that also includes, I think, Invisible Conga people have done a remix as well. There's a number, I think there's loads of remixes this track knocking about. But that is uh, the Daniel Avery remix of How You Say by Factory Floor. That's all for Singles Club. Let us move on. Tim Jones went to South by Southwest in the company of Henry Barnes from the Guardian's film site. He went there, he had a look around, he sent back this report. So hello and welcome to South by Southwest Festival in Austin. It's the 28th year of the festival and I'm joined here with Henry Barnes. Hi Tim. Hello. Uh, And we're going to talk you through uh, what we've been doing for the last few days. It's been quite a weird festival for me. It's been quite intensely busy and I don't know, I feel like this is the first year I've come where I felt like it's been almost too hectic. There's been almost too much stuff on. Have Have you noticed that? Yeah, I've definitely felt that. I mean, like, you're an old pro compared to me. It's my first year here, so uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's so much stuff happening all at the same time. You're never really sure whether you're supposed to be seeing what you're seeing at the moment or whether there's something else out there. 
And for that reason, I probably haven't seen anywhere near as much as I could have done. But I don't think you can, really. No. Right. What have you seen? What have you seen that you've liked while you've been here? Music-wise, I saw a band called Destruction Unit, who are from Arizona. Okay. And they're a very noisy, very crashy, post-Fugazi kind of hardcore band. And I was really into them. It was just in a tiny little venue out the back of a coffee shop. So That's the kind of band you want to come to South by Southwest to see. That's the thing. This is kind of what I'm trying to say is when I'd come like 10 years ago, you would see bands like that who you didn't really expect to see and you'd walk away being really impressed. Whereas this year, I don't know, I feel like there's this kind of takeover by bands like Lady Gaga or like Coldplay or Kanye West and Jay-Z where you feel like you have to be at these big shows and the spirit of what it was originally about, where there was all these new bands playing that you'd never heard of, seems to have evaporated a bit. Did, did you say you went to see some uh, chip? <laughs> I saw some chip music, chip punk music. Um, it's a, a New York band, but they have a Japanese name, Anamanaguchi, something like that. Okay. And they were awful. They're like truly the worst thing that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Basically a backing track with a live band playing over the top. But at least, there, as you said, it's different. It's something a bit strange and a bit weird. Okay. I, think, I think the trouble that we have as a mainstream media organisation is that you have to cover Lady Gaga and Jay-Z yeah. and all these and Coldplay and things like that, right? But you're right, it's not exactly searching out the brand new thing. No, having said that, Lady Gaga's show was absolutely kind of incredible on a visual level. Um, she should have played all of her hits, and by concentrating only on album tracks from her new album you know not playing the hit from a new album but everything else kind of stopped a good gig from being a great one but like the things she did on stage was so kind of impressive uh, compared to every other artist you see at these kind of things like you were telling gave... me that she had a vomit artist well yeah she uh, <laughs> she she themed the whole show around austin so she appeared on stage tied up to a like barbecue spit and she was spinning around as she was singing and like the dancers were rubbing fat on her thighs <laughs> it was kind of amazing and then uh, it's like yeah there's someone vomited on stage i think that was kind of a reference to sixth street maybe right and then um, and, and i had turned away for like 10 seconds and like just turned back and suddenly she was like riding this booking bronco with her legs wrapped around another girl <laughs> it was a bit too intense to kind of keep up with but i thought you know at least it's kind of endlessly compelling yeah and i think that's what lady gaga does really well i'm going to assume that people didn't get that from the damon alban show <laughs> no no that's one of the few things i, I missed actually which i heard was quite good because he uh, brought on a lot of special guests uh, one band i did see who were kind of quite refreshing in a kind of retro way was uh, wanton bishops they're from beirut and they've kind of studied the blues the deep south blues through youtube basically and this is their first time in america playing here so that this is kind of all their heroes of are kind of from around this area and they finally got over here to play their own shows earlier on I had a chat with them, asking them about what South by Southwest has been like for them so far. Well, I, uh, I thought I'm going to be more surprised, to be honest. But uh, we've been talking a lot about this lately, that uh, we already know a lot about the American culture through movies and through everything that's in the media and all that. So we kind of expected a bit what to see. But whenever we go uh, somewhere, the only thing that's, that we don't really get from the movies or whatever is uh, the people the interaction nice with people are. and we were surprised by how nice they are and how uh, welcoming and genuine they are okay. yeah we're, we're quite familiar with this culture through their cinematic kind of uh, you know you know how they do things in Hollywood right. and we're familiar with situations like we'd know what to order in a diner we'd know what to uh, I don't know if we see a sheriff we'd know how to talk to him <laughs> I don't know it seems it seems just like it makes sense the way the way it looks 
we are a bit familiar of uh, familiar it's weird. with it. It's weird, man. But it's it's good. It's good. They did their they did their job. So are you making a pilgrimage to kind of the places you uh, grew up listening to? Yeah. I think the blues music is is like blues is the only kind of music that you can go to a place and see how they did it. Blues is a music that's very related to the community and to the people and and to the place where it started. And a lot of it is still there. Exactly. A lot of it is so. still there. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, it's kind of a pilgrimage, but there's a documentary going on as well with our collaborators, Red Bull. And uh, they're trying to see the link between how in the hell did we get into blues back there and how, how true is it for us over, the, over here? And are we going to be accepted, not maybe, okay. do we care, don't we care? You know, all these actions and reactions. That's quite interesting from an anthropological point of view as well. So do you think YouTube and the internet has made it much more possible to do what you actually do? Definitely, definitely. I'm pretty yeah, sure we'll bump into a couple of people who know what we do. But uh, are we going to be accepted by old school bluesmen with our fuzz and electric sounds? We'll see about that, man. I'm, we've been told they're open. We'll see. We'll see. That was Wanton Bishops there, talking about their first time in America. Uh, Henry, you've been here mainly for the film uh, site, so, and a lot of the films you've seen have been like music-related films, so what, what have you seen? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about South by Southwest, is that it's, it's primarily a music festival, I think, but it's also got the film and interactive strands, so you get this weird thing where often you'll get the mediums bleeding into each other. So I saw a lot, an awful lot of music documentaries which are in the 24 beats per second strand, I saw things like Pulp, which is the new documentary about Pulp's last show. I think that was in December 2012. Okay, yeah. a whole documentary about a their last show. A whole documentary about their last <laughs> show. So what the director's done is basically cut together footage of the last show with uh, interviews with local Sheffield people, basically, basically Sheffield oddballs, which to me felt a little bit exploitative because you just have you know like old people on mobility scooters saying, "Oh, I love Pulp Me," and it's <laughs> it is a little a little bit false in in some ways. Also, the director is a Kiwi, so you get the feeling that he's kind of taking a glamour from Sheffield that your average Brit probably wouldn't. You know, right, it's okay, shopping yeah. centres matched so, up with Jarv kind of talking about his songwriting. So it seems a lot more romantic to to him, maybe. I think so, yeah, and he does a fair decent job of. of making that come across on film but for me as somebody who knows Sheffield a little bit it just felt a tiny bit exploitative in its own way right, what okay. was much better was a doc called The Possibilities Are Endless which is about Edwin Collins's recovery from a stroke okay because I'm reading the book at the moment actually oh yeah so what, what was that like it, it's it's weird it's it's a purely weird film but then what the directors are trying to do is produce a documentary that makes it feel like you are yourself in the process of recovering from having a debilitating mental breakdown I guess right okay so you have these very abstract strange pieces of footage with snatches of his speech where he's trying to explain how he feels and how he's reflected on his illness but because he's still recovering he can't really do it so he'll just say things like it's not really making sense and then you have a shot of a seagull flying up into the air it's all very strange and very okay, arty so it, but it's okay. great yeah, it's really good so as a South by Southwest virgin, how, how have you enjoyed your t first time here? I've loved it. I think I'm probably about 90% taco now, but other, <laughs> other than the food, I think there is something to be said for somewhere that tries to be this ambitious. And I think the, the corporate side of it is a little bit disgusting in its own way and it gets to you and you, you, know, you don't need to see Lady Gaga sponsored by Doritos. But at the same time, at least they're offering a, a platform for new artists and for new film 
in its own way as well. You know, I, I, I worry that people can get too hung up on the idea that it's ruined Austin or it's making a rod for yeah. its own back. It, well, people have been saying this for years, platform, right? and, yeah. and I've not normally joined in, so this is my first year being a cynic and being a bit <laughs> like, oh, it's gone a bit too crazy. Do you think that idea holds water, though, that, that well, I think it's, it's gone always, too far? Now? I think it's always held water because if you like what it was 10 years ago, then you might not like what it was five years ago, and the same. It's always going to get bigger, and it's always going to be a bit more corporate, but I think it's where your tipping point is, and I feel like maybe my tipping point came this year. I don't know. And that was Tim Jones and Henry Barnes reporting from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. And that, that is it for this week. Uh, thanks to Lanner for coming in. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thanks uh, for having me. Okay. Anytime. Um, <laughs> and uh, Kira and I will be back uh, next week, of course. Uh, more on all this stuff at uh, theguardian.com forward slash music. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, drag and drop tools, and 24-7 support. Squarespace also offers seamless e-commerce solutions for you or your small business. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content will look brilliant on any device. Start your free trial today. No credit card required. As a Guardian podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your new account by using the offer code GUARDIAN.